Tuesday bank holiday afternoon. It's sweltering hot. And Nadine, <laughs> I've got Nadine the Lipiani here, but I know you as Galliano. <laughs> Always. Yeah. So really in my phone book, you're Nadine <laughs> Galliano. Do you know a lot of people still refer to me as Galliano? Yeah. And when I say, no, the Lipiani, See, but I know you as Galliano, okay, and I don't mind. No, because I've known you all my life as, as Galliano, and your yeah. brothers, and your mom and dad, because you live around the corner. Well, you <laughs> were brought up literally around the corner from me. Um, but it's it's very special because I've always, you're quite a lot younger than me, yet you've been a midwife for nearly 20 years. Now, I remember when I had Beanie, yeah, there you were in the hospital. So, yeah, you know about Bean, and when she was a Bean, and now she's a 19-year-old hey. woman, so... You know, it's quite special. And the job that you do is very special. And I haven't spoken to anybody in my podcasts about um, childbirth. And it's something that really interests me. Uh, I don't know why. I, in my feed on my Instagram, I get lots of newborn baby pictures for some reason because I find them be beautifully cute. And yeah. all the stories about childbirth really interest me. I watch One Born Every Minute. I've watched all the hospital programs and every... But you know, you're not the only no. one. I speak to my mum and she's like, oh, I've just seen Call of the Midwife. You don't know. Or One Born Every Minute. And I'm like, I don't watch it anymore. Hmm. Why don't you? I live it. Hmm. And sometimes what you see in television isn't the same. Really? And they can never get through that emotion. They can't get both sides accurately. They do a good job, don't get me wrong. But there is always something missing to it. Always. What, what made you become a midwife, Nadine? What was the thing that kind of... I knew probably... I think I must have been a, between the ages of... Nine and eleven, and it was was unfortunately I had to go into hospital. I got really unwell with uh, pneumonia, and I spent quite a stint in children's ward and watching the staff there. Okay, I would have liked not to have been a patient, but yeah, seeing them, and there was something there that just made me think, oh, this could be a career, you know, going to work in the hospital, and then. In Westside, when we had the work experience, I was very lucky. I got teamed up with one of my friends and we went to work in ENT. And that was like, oh, this is really interesting. And every day there was something different going on. And it just kept there at the back of my mind, hospital based, something in the hospital. And it probably wasn't until my GCSEs where I started to sort of like narrow it down. I knew what I would like, what I wouldn't like, yeah. what I could cope with, what I couldn't cope with. And midriffy seemed to sort of like tick a lot of the boxes. Mm. And I went off not even really knowing 100% what it was. So you decided to study midwifery? See, I went And where, where did you go? I went to Swansea. In Wales? In Wales, and I loved it. Really? I really enjoyed it. And and you didn't really know what you were letting yourself in for, would that No, mean? no. <laughs> the first like delivery. To be honest, a lot of people go and study, they choose a course, and they don't. They think, oh, this sounds all right. I sort no, of went I'm... like, let's see, vamos ver, you know, let's see how it goes. But I still remember watching my first delivery, and I swear, my hands were in front of my eyes, and I was thinking, what have I done? Oh, my God, oh, my God, this is impossible. And I remember watching the delivery, like... From like behind, yes. I'm thinking. I wish you could see what she's doing. She's oh. literally hiding her face <laughs> in her hands and thinking, <laughs> you know, like you look through your like fingers. A like a and you're thinking, yeah. oh, what is this? And then all of a sudden it was, it stopped and it was mm. like, I need to get closer, yeah. 
I need to see what's going on. But straight away they gave, they showed you a live birth. Why not? Because we started off, the first term was pretty much... Straight all, in there. Not necessarily in the hospital, but it was mm. all... It was all the anatomy and physiology, uh, all the like, all the information you're going to need to start to prepare you to what it is being in a delivery room. Hmm. But it's all books. Hmm. It's all in a lecture room, and you're sort of watching, and you're sort of saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that sounds cool. Sounds interesting." And then all of a sudden, like, you've got placement, <laughs> and you're going with. And we had um, a community team and a hospital team. So I remember I was based at the hospital in Singleton, which was a lot of fun. Nevertheless, I mean, the hospital, when I started in Singleton, they were delivering about 5,000 babies. By the time I came back, it was between seven and eight. Oh, my gosh. And the first delivery was... What was your first delivery like? Do you remember? <laughs> See? Tell us. <laughs> I remember. Tell me. It was the first delivery yeah. room on the left-hand side. And this was not her first baby. I think it was her second or third and I just remember this sound, this scream, and I'm thinking, ah, oi, okay. <laughs> and the midwife's like, no, no, go in, quickly, quickly, you're gonna catch a delivery. And I'm like, I'm gonna catch a delivery, okay, I go in, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and it was like, front view, this is what's happening, this woman's about to deliver, you can see the head's about to crown, and you're thinking, oh my God, I don't think I'm ready, no. <laughs> you sort of take a few seconds where you go, uh-uh. <laughs> it's, no? <laughs> it's probably, I mean, not. I can't. I haven't seen one lately. But oh. it's blood and guts, basically. Or not guts. It's very primal, no. It's, it's very primal. It's mm. very mm. basic human instinct that comes out. Mm. And it was the first five minutes. I think were terrifying. Mm. And then it was like, ah. Mm. And it, and literally, like I said, to you, I had to get closer. I had to get to the end of the bed. To the mm. point where the midwife was, and I was like, I need to be where you are. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to move. I need to. It was. What's it, what's it like? I'm, I mean, I was obviously I've had two, oh. but I had cesareans, so I don't really know. Um, I didn't go through normal a normal child. No, but even a cesarean birth has that. Okay, maybe it doesn't have the same sound effects, but oh, that yeah. feeling, that anticipation, that excitement. Yeah, it is exciting. All it's of so it, exciting. No, and yeah. waiting, and you're like. Yeah. It's, there's an adrenaline rush that comes from it. And I it. wanted to see everything, the placenta, the umbilical cord with being. I remember I saw everything. Okay. I asked them to put it in a little box and I, and me lo trajeron. To to, I wanted claro. to see it. I was fascinated to okay. see it. It's incredible. Um, when giving life to people, see, it's when, just... When you think what you do as a woman, obviously your partner involved it all. Yeah. But when you see what your body does physically, yeah, because the it's, mental, the it's emotional what you say, changes. It's like animalistic. I mean, basically, it's you lose all sense of everything, dignity and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, you're like, no, do you want something just to cut? No, nothing. And just it's, want this out. Just want done. Hmm. And when you try and get women to engage with them, to go back to listening to themselves, because sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, no, no, you tell me what to do. And we're like, you know what you have to do. Hmm. You have to listen. Your body's telling you, follow it. And we do guide. Mm. But oh, when you start to listen to yourself, mm. what makes a good midwife, Nadine? I think there's a lot of attributes, though, to make a good midwife. I, I mean, think. And what what is a good midwife? Because every midwife probably brings something to the table that's different. Everyone brings something different. I mean, when you look at the team, we're a team now, about 20-odd midwives. Here in the GHA. Here in Lib, see? And... We all have different characters. Some of us are more bubbly, others are quieter. All women, or do you still have some men? We still have men. Good. We I remember Miguel. Have. Is Miguel still, still around? There. Is he still, still there? there? We're not letting him go. <laughs> I remember Miguel. He just started like quite recently as well when hey. I had Mini. See, Incredible. I think 
he had been there about five years when I started and he was um, like my mentor to allow me transitioning from a student midwife to a fully fledged midwife and a new trust he thought and uh, amazing we all have very different personalities we all have very definitely strong I think we're all very strong in mm. our minds and how we want things to work mm -hmm. and we're all very much I think we're very good at cheerleading people on <laughs> Mm. Because I suppose you get people who are absolutely petrified. This is probably the most painful experience the most of some women's lives. See. Yeah, I and mean, I, I, did, I wasn't in much pain, to be honest. I, I just but had your a recovery. Cesarean. Would have my recovery been was pretty horrendous. Yeah, Glad and all. a big cut and all this, and the hormones and all this. You're dealing with a lot. You're dealing with a lot of emotion. You um, do, and I think. And how do you deal with that? I think in the moment you sort of. You work through it, no? You try and see what it is that the, what the mum, what the family, what is they're trying to achieve? How can, if they're struggling, you know, how can I bring them back down to a point where they can cope? You no, know? sometimes it's talking to them. Sometimes it's just giving them focus again, you no? Know? And working through each emotion, through the fear, through the excitement, through the... Because at times it does become quite more draining mm. and it's, Venga, let's keep going. Yeah, because when somebody's tired and they've been at it for like labor's taken like 12 hours. And they're like, that's it, no more. <laughs> no puedo más. And you're like, And then you still have to push the thing out. You still have to push your baby out, exactly. Well, One way or another, difficult. baby has to come. So what do you think, what qualities do you have as a person that make you a good midwife, do you think? In work, they say I'm very patient. You're very tranquila. Your uh, voice is calming. That's what I get a lot. But I think I have one persona in work. Mm. <laughs> one persona out you're like work. A, you're like a psycho See, woman at home with at your home, kids. At home, soy como Ursula, you know, like losing it. But at yeah. home, soy como like tranquila. It's, mm. it's very different. Mm. Yeah, because you have to be calm. I mean, the whole, I think part of the thing is mm. your mindset. Not when you're having a baby, I think... A lot of things go out the window. You have your prenatal classes and you're learning how to breathe. I remember going to all these prepare. things in the end. I had a C-section and it didn't, it, none of it. But I know some of my friends were like, oh, that goes out the window when you want to get the damn thing out. You just want to have it. You just want Regardless, to get it open with the drugs. Give me the drugs. I just, want to, I just want to get this thing out of me. I think when you know, because midwives, we are, we are experts in what is normal pregnancy, in normal childbirth. Yeah. So we're very good at remembering, right, what do we need to do to keep this in this direction? And then mm. the minute things start to flag up, we find ways to help, whether it's calling in a doctor, whether it's calling in a colleague, or yeah. trying something different, or maybe we need to look at different pain relief, different positions. So depending on what's going on and at what, what, what point it occurs, no? because, I mean, we look at women from the very beginning, we look after yeah. them from... They're booking from 10 weeks on up until yeah, 10 days after their delivery. So right through the nine months. So depending on where you're based, because even here, no, we have moments like I'm currently working in the ward. So anything that's classed as high risk and any women that have to come in antenatally or labor is a little bit more high risk. That's what we're based at. And then after the delivery, getting them recovered and fit and well enough to go home. Pero hacemos de todo. I mean, I've worked... I think we were tr sort of trying, I've started working in 2005. Yeah. And it's what, about nearly 18, 19 years now. I've done probably about seven or eight years in the community, which I loved. Meaning what, the community, like the going community, to people's houses? 
when I started, there was a there was an element of going to people's houses. There was also yeah. the clinic. So you know, when you had to go through your pregnancy and you had your ten week appointment, yeah. your sixteen week. Okay, yes, went, where they todo eso. So I was. The, I love that where you sit in a room and you have to pee in a pot, and then everybody gets to see a wee in the pot. <laughs> no, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah. But you're all in the same. I know. I was a bit shocked at that, but actually, I think you, everybody's it in the same boat. It used to be very different when it was in the old hospital as well. The clinics were a lot larger. I mean, mm. when I did my, I had a two week placement you know when I did before I finished my my degree I came out we spent two weeks working in the old St. Bernard's which was very fascinating as well la verdad how the setup was then and then yeah. how it changed as we moved into the the new current St. Bernard's hospital and our clinics used to have about 20 or 30 women at a go and here how many do you now, have now Anything between 12 and 15. Okay, so it's less. It's a lot less. less, but there are clinics every single day, morning and afternoon. And in those 15 to 30 minute appointments that you sometimes have, you have to see what's going on with that woman physically, emotionally. Any concerns straight away refer to whoever is the next best appropriate healthcare professional, whether it's a consultant, whether it's mm. somebody from, it's a multidisciplinary team approach, you know? So sometimes yeah. we work with the other medics, sometimes we work with social services, whatever. There's a lot of people of course, that we pull everybody, in. Everybody goes through sí. the maternity ward. Everyone. When you're doing your degree, you're going through all of it. The, that's one of the first things they tell you. Your, your women will never forget you. Mm. So you want to try and make sure that the impression you give them is the right one. Yeah. You know, regardless of what experience they're going through, that they can look back and think, see, you know what, I was, I was really happy with her. She worked, she was brilliant, no? she helped me, she understood me. Like I say, whatever they needed, that you are what they needed as well. Yeah. Mm. How many births have you attended? I've lost count. Since 20, 2000, 2005, 2005, I've lost count because sometimes you're in the room as a second midwife and that means you're going into what we say like collect baby. So mum and baby, whilst in neutral, they count as one. So the midwife who's your main carer and your labour looks after both. Once baby's born, the second midwife who comes in, she's in charge of the cheeky one who comes out. So okay. sometimes I've been present as the first midwife, the main carer, and sometimes I've been present as the second. And sometimes you get called in if you're the senior one on the ward, so they need another pair of fresh eyes to look at what's going on, someone mm. to cheerlead mm. or to give that extra... Tu sabe. What, what, is, what is the hardest thing to do? I mean, t when you have somebody delivering. The hardest thing to do? <laughs> like che cheering people on. Is, I mean, if a birth is a normal birth, it, it, is it simple? No birth is ever simple because you've got someone in that bed who's unique to the person who's come before. So sometimes in the space of five or ten minutes, if you've already just walked into that room, you have to figure out what that lady who's in front of you about to deliver, what is she going to need most from you at that moment? Hmm. And sometimes it's the, the firm hand hmm. who says, you need to focus, we're going to breathe, we're going to take these next few steps. Sometimes you just need to say to someone, haciendo super bien. keep it going, you're doing fine. And sometimes you just sit back and you watch. And it just, and it just all happens yeah. in front of you. Yeah. Doesn't matter that how many you special. see, every time that little one pops out, you think, Hi. Yeah. There's a, that moment and you see those parents, how they change, no? And it's literally one moment. No puedo más. 
esto es agony and all of a sudden pero que bonito es es lo más bonito que he visto yeah, I always remember my mom saying it's horrendous but then afterwards once it's out yeah. it's like a peace that no one can describe yeah. because you're still you know with your everything is a cauliflower and whatever everything still feels like it's on fire yeah everything feels but really you forget but you forget because you've got this piece about yeah. your new baby that you've got this little one looking up yeah. and you're straight away thinking ay tus ojos son ay your cheeks ay you look it's upon yeah immediately straight away hey. yeah Whoever New focuses on putting her first, providing an expert fit in luxurious styles at affordable prices. They pride themselves on a superior fit, outstanding customer service, and an inclusive size offering, with lingerie available in sizes A to G cup. Plus, with swimwear that fits like lingerie, luxurious loungewear, and everyday essentials, Whoever New have the perfect fit for every season. Do you think... Um, people are having more cesarean births or or, or natural births. What, what do people in Jib now opting for? Water births? Do, do you get that? Do they get a chance to have a water birth? At the moment in Gibraltar, no, okay. we don't. We don't have the option of a water birth. It's always been something we've looked at and we've sort mm. of tried to see if we can get it in place, but it's, it's very simple to ask for, not very simple to put into practice. Mm. Um, so that's something that eventually maybe one yeah. day we can get to. What about so, home births? Home births, no. We wouldn't be able to cater for it here. Right. The numbers, I mean, okay, yes, we have caseloads of about 500, maybe between 400, between 350 to 500 births a year, more or menos. Okay. Depends. Is it going up or down? That's the other question. Bueno, we went through During a... During COVID, you went through a boom, no? <laughs> Hello. We've gone through a few booms, and normally we can associate them to housing development. So that we is so one funny. Si, 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 Seriously? Si. Waterport terraces, there was a bit of a boom. On Scarpe, Cumberland. Well, everybody nurses. moving into their house and everyone That's having right. babies. And now we sort of know. That's You know, and the new ones that are coming out. All these estates, when they come out, we have a little bit of a boom. And then we have a little bit of a lull. COVID was interesting because there was a... A few more cases coming in. Not ex, not maybe as high. Our birth rate didn't go as high as we'd had previous years, but there was definitely that little slight increase. And then we had moments where it was really quiet. No one was having babies. No one. So we'd have it's a couple funny. of days where you'd walk in and it's like, ah, no phone calls. <laughs> Is no one coming in? And you just have to sort of go, well, why not? Do and something we else. do the housekeeping and we do the ordering. Yeah, you do whatever you, yeah. you need to do. Um, has the maternity department here at the GHA grown in the last... I mean, are there more midwives now than there Definitely were? Definitely more midwives. Definitely, mm -hmm. because I think when I started, maybe it was about 15, 16. And then we slowly went up to about 18. Then we had a few more when we went through a bit of a boom. And I think now we're sort of steady at about 20. And we've also had a lot of locals join us because it's when, brilliant. Yeah, yes. when I first came back, I came back with two of my friends, with Nancy and with Natalie, and there was only a handful of local at that point. Yeah. You know? And now it's sort of building up. And we've acquired, we've, you know, we've taken some on board and said, no, no, the way locals are as well. <laughs> like, okay, it's, it's culturally as well, you know, what you're dealing with. It's nice to have somebody who's maybe bilingual as well, who knows, I don't know. No? I mean, languages that are spoken within the department. We have uh, Italian, Spanish, German. We have English. We have um, de todo. And, the, and Arabic? Arabic, not as much, not yet. It's 
But you have a lot of people having babies who are who are from Morocco. See, because we've got a, a we've got a, a large population in Gibraltar. Yeah. No, as well. So, but they mostly they speak English now, I suppose. They will speak English and Spanish mostly. Yeah, they're probably Gibraltarian already. Those who who don't speak necessarily as much English will speak most, mostly Spanish, or their partners will come in speaking Spanish or English, and you can translate and you can sort of communicate what you needs to get across, not from both sides. Mm. Nadine, um, a difficult question. What it, what was difficult? What is the most difficult part for you for you personally and i also want to touch on the on stillbirths as well which you know it's is a very sad part of it um, i think everyone recognizes midwifery as being a very positive, positive experience very happy. yes you know it's yes. a great career if you're going to go into hospital it's the one that's generally going to make you feel happier that's that's what the conception is but um have you had any difficult situations where see, you've really and it's to... very hard to sometimes you have to sort of put on a front mm. you have to keep your emotions very much in check and you have to focus on what it is that that family need from you and you take it home do you i do i do i tend to go home and it takes me sometimes a good few days to get my head round all of it and then you have to go back the following day and you have to be happy because someone who's coming in deserves to see you happy because they're going through a very good experience and it's a lot of shifting emotions at different times no so yeah you tend to sometimes put things to a side and a couple of weeks later it hits you and you're how do you deal with that i think sometimes you don't okay and you just let it build up uh-huh. I think as well within the team, we sort of pick up on each other when we know something's, well, we know when we've had a case where it's not physical, it's more emotionally what has been taken from, you know, and there's very good relationships between us. And You all get on well. See, with all the different personalities and characters that we've got, we get on well. And we know what we need to do when someone's a little bit low. We just give them that little bit of a push, give them a venga, vamos, and it helps. It's like team, you team build each other See, a little bit. Hey, we have to. No, yeah. um, It's very hard to have to explain to somebody who doesn't work in midwifery. And sometimes I think, and this I've spoken with, like, with some of my, well, I say my girls, but the team, no? the, the girls that I work with. Nobody understands what it is like. And I mean, it's not like you can go home, put on the kettle, and say, Mom, you don't know what I've had. Because really, sometimes what you want to do is go and yeah. get it out, no? It's, and sometimes it's you together, go home and you just brew for a while. You go back in on the following shift. And that's when you suddenly let loose, no? And it's like, and you go through it. And you just try and analyze what went on, what could we have done, could anything have been done? Mm. And in the majority of cases, it's very hard to come back with, no, there's no reason, there's no explanation. And hmm. that is, very hard. it's a very Ter- hard thing very hard. To, to take on board. Yeah. And I don't, it's, you try your best, no? You just keep on trying your best and hope that whoever is in that situation, that what you've been able to provide for them during the that time yeah. has been of some help, no, in yeah. getting them through it. Yep. Yeah. And you've got a good team. See. Sí. 
Tell me, give me some, have, have you got some anecdotes of anything like quite funny that's happened or maybe a star, somebody famous who's come through your doors? Famous through our doors. Or, you know, well known that has... Our patients make us laugh as well. Yeah. I mean, they come out sometimes with some comments and you just have to sort of like... Laugh. Just laugh with yeah. them. Yeah. Porque que we're a... We're quite a funny bunch, all of us, you know. Gibraltar mm. is very unique in how everybody integrates, no? And I mean, you see a lot of complaints about the GHA, people saying, complaining, but I, I have never seen, I don't think I've ever seen one about the maternity department. I think everyone um, will have something that they're happy about and they're not happy about. No mm. service is ever 100% brilliant. Every service is always improving for the next time and we take on board what we don't do so well and then we look at what we do well and think how can we keep mm. that going through um i would like to say that we do our best yeah and that the majority of the community are happy with it mm. and then we're always and that's important we're always with our doors open to talk about to those women who perhaps and their families who haven't had the experience they wanted and they want to see if if there's anything they could have done different or if there's something that we did that we could mm. sim sim simple things such as implementing something different on how the ward is run um how the service is run well actually yeah, they like would that. have liked this to have been done and we think well oh, yeah that's quite feasible to do so you get a bit of feedback afterwards si. once the 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 patient has gone home with the baby and things are back to si. we do hand out evaluation forms because we that's want a good to idea. know Yes. What we what went well and what didn't go so well. Yeah, so you can change and, and adapt, no? What about with the techniques within the births? Um are you be are you sent away to learn new things, new techniques, new procedures, new you never stop learning. That's part yeah. of a, that health, healthcare professionals it's a career where you're constantly finding out about new information, there's mm. always something that's changed and you're trying to adapt all the time to it. We do a lot of in-house training and we're lucky that some of our staff have been certified for training for like advanced life support specific to maternity, to pregnancy. And then we've got um, training that we have that comes with neonates. So what happens when babies are a little bit too cheeky and they need quite a bit of a, a hand at birth on what mm. we need to be doing. And then you have your own personal training. So part of it is reflecting. So reflecting on what your work has been like. Do you have like assessments then like not maybe appraisals? Like appraisals, see, you, we do get appraisals. Sometimes it, there's a longer stretch between one and the next, depending on what's going on. Mm. Sometimes it's very informal. So we'll sit down with the, the sister of the ward or even with another senior staff member or one of the one of the other members, it just somebody you can sit back on and relax and think, Mira, you know, yesterday we had this delivery. And you just start maybe bulleting what it was that you think went really well, what you were unhappy with, what you would have, and that person can then look back and say, well, look, this is what I would do differently. This is what I felt maybe that, oh no, actually everything was fine. Um, a lot of the training we do now is online as well. So okay. apart from reflecting on what we do, we also have courses that we can link onto online. So update on some of the basic care that we do and sometimes the more intense. And then that you sort of, you enforce that as well through practical work, no? Yeah. And that, like, that, that comes in very well, like I said, with the, we've got midwives in the ward who are certified to train us as well. Yeah, that's really good. I didn't know that. See, there's a lot of things. So it's you've got a lot of 
yeah so they're they're obviously updated into the latest things that's ongoing it's like mm. it's like it's happening as you it's also it's very much on. a personal thing it is yeah. a requirement for you to keep your your training up and for yeah. the gha we do every three years have to show them a portfolio of what we've done what we've been working on so mm. what materials are we reading what courses are we taking ourselves on what that's reflection a, wow it's done? quite it's quite in depth see there's a lot, a of, lot of work Hey, you have to show that you're keeping your practice up to the latest uh, research development and to the best standard possible as well. Mm. I want to know, how do you chill out? Because your life is hectic. You I, mean, I don't chill uh, out, apparently. You don't, <laughs> what, according to your family, your husband. He says I don't chill out or I relax ever. I think I do. I'm probably, the way I chill out is maybe not... I do every so often have my moments where I sit and I sort of breathe through. I use, I like my essential oils. So sometimes I just like a smell in the house and that makes me feel tranquila. Sometimes what I do to chill out is whatever, something with the girls. So if it's one of those days and they were on board games, we play board games with Asimolo Kesea. Now yeah. in summer, it's all about the beach. So you just leave in inhibitions behind. You do whatever they're up to. And that chills me out. Family time helps me a lot. Yeah. Me, me, dancing. <laughs> like your mom and dad, like your mom and dad. They do ballroom dancing. Yeah. So my other half, I haven't convinced him yet. He says that's not for him. But What kind of dancing do you do? Mum's um, dance. Mum's dance. Yes. I love it. I love with it. With Nicole. See, with Nicole. And it's, for me, it's literally I go in 110%, let it all go. And then I come out and I'm like, oi, que alegria. <laughs> And you're dancing to 80s music. So. Dancing to 80s, yeah. and it's a group of women of all ages. It doesn't matter whether you know the routine or you don't, because sometimes, like Nicole says, you improvise. And I'm like, I've improvised the whole day, but they well. <laughs> and I leave that class like a new woman. I like to read, so I've always got something on my Kindle. I've always got something on, what is it called? Borrow Box, that there's always something going. I listen to podcasts as well. So I know you, just li <laughs> you listen to mine. You always write and say, mm. I like this one. I, I love this one. Mm. Like, I think it's important to give positive feedback as well, no? Because it's sometimes you don't know why you might Absolute. do the right thing. Um, absolutely. But I've enjoyed listening to you since GBC yeah. Radio. Like, yeah. I used to listen with my granny and we'd say, Ay, tala otra vez. La <laughs> hablando. I always put it I on. Know. And... It's something I've always enjoyed. I've always enjoyed GBC Radio, listening to it. Podcast has been something quite new yeah. as well. I don't get reading like books, like books that are audio books. That's not something I get into yet. Mm. But uh, I, tr I like to try and find something that gives my mind a break, probably from everything else. <laughs> so are you glad you've chosen this career? I have no regrets. You've no regrets. No regrets. There are moments mm. where I think, Toiloka, what have this I done? Is my next question, though, the podcast <laughs> is called Why Bother? So have you asked yourself that question at some point? See, I do. Because, like I said, it's not all... Everybody puts it as a very happy career. Mm. And in general, it is. But all the hard days, they can lead on to quite long days and you think what am i doing why am i putting myself through this stress this pressure this anxiety because sometimes as well your patients even though they're no longer with you and they've moved on you still worry about them because you want the best for them and the family so sometimes i think well, why am i putting myself through this i'd be happier maybe doing something else and i think it for me it always comes back to the fact that each day will be better so whenever there's a bit of a low period, the highs are going to come. 
there's always someone out there who needs your help, whether you yeah. know it or you don't. And yeah. it's, you there, just... there will always be somebody having a baby at some point always. or other. Yeah. How many have you got right now? Have you got lots of patients? <laughs> I've been is there a boom? <laughs> August is always a boom. Oh, ah, really? <laughs> what, of births? August, September, of and October. So that means that is the lead up to Christmas, no? Because I'm September, yeah. so I reckon I was conceived Christmas around babies. Christmas. See, the Christmas exactly. babies, technically. So it's always August, September, October, always busy. Or Valentine's, no? People... Not February's. And then they're born February's in like... sort of is a bit of a quieter month. And then as you get to March, they start again. So okay. you have all the summer babies being conceived for your March time. Is okay. Right? It's, it's, it's interesting. Fun. It's a the lot trends, of fun. The trends in jib. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, interesting, oh, the whole culture thing as well. So is there anything like culturally that's like so very different that people do? Anything, like any anecdotes, any little... I think probably it was, I remember like in, when I was in Swansea, no, and um, I worked on the lay boards as well as the postnatal wards. So the antenatal and postnatal, I used to look after the mums who'd come in. Visiting wouldn't really occur because family would live about an hour away sometimes. Yeah. So you'd get the odd family who would come in to visit. And that's always been very bizarre because, and I mean, things have changed now in Gibraltar as well. But when I first came back, I saw it at Deepico, somebody in Labour. And there was like 50 people 50 in the waiting room. In the waiting That's room. not allowed anymore. No, no, no. We've had to. The service is expanding. So we need more rooms for different things that we want to be able to provide. Also, COVID has had a very important change on how the service is run. Mm. And we had to limit visiting drastically at the, at the height of it. And now it's all coming back. But... That congregation that we used to have outside, well, con los bolsos de la playa, sí. con el termo, la torta patata, pues that was, that's typical yes. of us, you know? Waiting for the baby yeah. to arrive. So now we have a lot of people waiting in someone's family, in someone, uh, someone's, someone's family house. home, and you'll get a FaceTime call, ah, and you hear behind, <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's not so bad for all of you to have to deal with so many people all wait and then you, you don't want to tell it, people but <clears throat> it's sometimes hard for the yeah. for the mums who've just delivered yeah. and they're trying to sort of get round yes I've just delivered and the mum everything like you said is in bits everything just feels come like oh it's okay and then you it have 20 metido. people coming yes. and it's madness <laughs> madness, madness. Oh, Nadine it's so interesting to hear and really refreshing that you're you're I don't know doing something so that you're so passionate about and it really comes through no that 18 you... years on and I guess I don't regret it I, I still know, enjoy 18 it 18 years on yeah. unbelievable I think there's still, still a lot young. that needs to come I'm looking yeah. forward to what it could be and yeah well see. I've got to thank you from everybody from every, all the ba babies that you've delivered I guess you see some of them in the street I keep an eye on them <laughs> yeah. do, they, do, you, yeah. do the mums still remember you and everything they do and this week was quite funny because we were sort of talking between ourselves no me and my the other girls in the team and we were saying tu sabe que this week we've had our babies who are getting GCSEs and the babies who are getting the AS and A levels and we all went oh True. It suddenly hit us. They're all 16. You've been See, there 16, yeah. We all thought, oh my God, they're old enough for that, yeah. Incredible. Hey, there are moments where I see them and I think, ah. Well, you're a very important part I of a lot of you. people's <laughs> lives, so that must be for quite special. I hope so, for the families, no? For yeah. me, it definitely is. Yeah. I remember. And one thing I ask everybody, if you were on a desert island, Nadine, 
and you could take anybody with you. Depends what time. Well, of the day. <laughs> of the day, of the week, of the month, of the year. I think it's hard because me niña are always with me, you know? So they would be with me. If I ever got deserted anywhere, they'd be there. And Nevin el pobre, I'd never oh. let him go far. He'd be like, come on. So I think it'd yeah. be hard to sort of say who I would want with me because there's not just one person. I think there's some days just me. Let's yeah. be honest. Some yeah. days I could do with half an hour just on a, a break. deserted no, island. Just, are, you, are you a person that quite likes time to switch off and tea. just for yourself? Because you're from a big family. Your mum's got, you know, one, sisters. The, my and... mum is one of three. My dad is one of five, six, I think it is. Yeah. Sabe? So it's their big families yeah. and lots of little cousins, older cousins mm. now. And sometimes it's quite nice just to go home and there's no one there. But then I find within a while, quiero cardeo. See. Where have they all gone? No? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> so I think I'd have them for sure, me, Nina and Nevin. They wouldn't be able to go far. And my mom on a mobile, I'd have to talk to her. And my dad, I'd have to ask him <laughs> how to do this, how to todo do that. Mundo, <laughs> at, <laughs> al final, que todo el mundo vaya al desert island contigo. After 20 After... minutes, I'd be finding a way to get them with yes. me. <laughs> oh, but it's been so nice to talk to you. Thank it's you so lovely. much for agreeing to this, because it's taken me a bit of convincing. I've been there at you for the last few months, saying I'd really love to talk to you. Oh, no, 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 no. I just kept thinking, but me? Actually, Por qué? Why? But, well, because I think the job of a midwife is a very special one. It's a very important role that a lot of people take for granted you know you're you're bringing life into this world and you're dealing with a mom you're dealing with a child emotions so many things that go on so it's very nice to hear that it's positive that it's generally a very positive experience for you and that you're happy to carry on doing it and serving the community as you do so happy to well done well done thank you and thank you You've been listening to series three of my podcast, which is called Why Bother? It's a question I've often asked myself, and I'm sure you have too. And I wanted to speak to people about their journeys to success, why they've bothered. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a big thank you too to artist Beatrice Garcia for designing the podcast icon. Her website is beatricegarcia.com. Thank you for listening and please like and rate the show. And should you want to get in touch, my email is rougechip at gmail.com.